Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will Good evening. Welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags and joining me is Dane and we are live here on the IG. Dane will be joining me here in just a moment uh, and also on our Facebook, Twitter and YouTube channel. So folks, if you're able to join us here on the live stream in any of those uh, channels, please go ahead and give us a shout, send it, say hello. Uh, we're here tonight to evaluate all of the Packers draft picks in the 2023 NFL draft. So really excited to dive into this. We have 13 of them, so there's a lot of guys to get to and some really high-end picks as well since we had uh, a lot of picks in the, in the first four rounds uh, of the draft uh, for the Packers. So um, Dane here is joining me here on the IG now. So Dane, how are you doing this evening and uh, what, what are your overall thoughts here on this Packers draft? What up, man? I'm doing great. Happy Thursday night, everybody. Um, I'm feeling good, man. I, it's, it's been nice. You know, we're doing this, uh, pod a little bit later than we normally do after a draft. And that's for good reason. We didn't want to have knee jerk reactions. There's enough of those across the media. We're Packer fans and want to actually know what we're talking about. We want to be able to break down who the guys are. That's what we're doing here tonight. Um, and um, I couldn't be happier, to be completely honest with you, with how things shook out uh, in this draft. I thought that this was a really good draft for the Packers. I know that a lot of Packer fans out there were frustrated to not go with the, the big wide receiver uh, in the first round. But I'll tell you what, um, the Packers, I thought, did what they thought that they needed to do to make the team better long-term. They drafted um, a position of strength and got even stronger, I thought. Um, and they looked, they, they added a guy who I think could maybe make impact in the immediate, but also make an impact in the future. And that's Lucas Van Ness. So um, really excited about that. And I think that maybe that's where we start tonight, Wags, is let's just start right at the top. The Packers had pick one, um, 13th pick in the first round. Um, there was a lot of speculation. Could they trade up? Could they trade back? Are they going to stick? We were live speculating. Oh, oh, the pick's in. It looks like we're going to take at 13. And they did. They went and got Luke's Van Ness, an uh, edge rusher out of Iowa, big kid, a uh, big man, incredible athlete. So Wags, um, what, what are your takes on, on Lucas? Uh, what was your first impressions? How do you feel about what the Packers did um, last Thursday night? Um, I felt great about it, Dane. This was a position of need, and we got a premium player. Um, and it's a premium position on top of that. So when you combine all of those factors, uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I know uh, every year uh, Packer fans get their hopes up that we're going to get one of the top wide receivers in the draft, and it just doesn't seem like that's something that's happened here um, uh, at least in the last 16 years. So uh, we just have to kind of get used to the fact that Packers uh, are taking the guy that they want and, and it's been defense first for them for a long time now. So, uh, Dane, it looks like we're I, – I don't know about you, but I'm having some uh, technical difficulties on, on our StreamYard feed, but I think we're going to – 
keep right on moving here um, on the IG, and uh, we'll have to just uh, see if that reconnects there in a minute. But um, but yeah, Dane, I, I'm I'm super stoked by the Van Ness pick because I'll be honest with you, um, it, it, it was something that when the Packers got done with the season is, and it's not just that Rashawn Gary's coming off an ACL injury. Um, we we talked about it last year going into the season. We felt like that edge group is a little bit thin. Um, they moved on from Zadarius Smith before last season. And I think for good reason, uh, that was expected to happen. Um, we saw some great play from rookie last year's rookie, JJ Anagbare, uh, as the season progressed. Uh, so I, I think if he can continue to develop, uh, bringing in a guy like Lucas Van Ness, he just got power, explosion. Um, he's got long arms. Just uh, when he gets a guy in his grasp, they're not getting away from him. He's he's just a great football player, um, and he has all of the attributes you're looking for for a guy that you're going to take that high in the first round uh, at that position. So something to be very very excited about. I know initially. Um, as you said, a lot of fans might have been a little bit disappointed, but I think the more you watch this guy, the more you read about this guy, um, the more Packer fans are going to be very, very excited about Lucas Van Ness uh, for years to come because uh, this is a guy that I think could be a star in this league and, and be uh, part of the Packers team and organization uh, if he comes in and, and, and does all the right things for the next eight to 10 years. Uh, this is the type of player that I think we're getting. Um, you know, nothing's guaranteed, of course, but uh, Dane, I, I couldn't be more excited about how the Packers uh, converted their number 13 pick. And by all accounts, moving up and swapping picks with the Jets might have been a big deal because sounds like the Pats at 14 really had their eyes on Van Ness. Um, so the Pats didn't, luckily didn't trade up to get ahead of the Packers. Uh, and they immediately traded down after Packers took Van Ness and reportedly really, really wanted him. So, um, I, I, you say what you will about Belichick's first round pick draft record. Um, as the Patriots are, are a strong organization. So if you're getting guys that they're targeting at the top of their board, you've got to feel pretty good about that as well. Yeah, I, I would agree, Wags. And, and I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of comps on, on what, who Lucas Van Ness, um, plays like. I've seen some big names. I've seen it kind of across the board. I'll tell you what, I've watched a fair amount of him lately and he reminds me of Rashawn Gary in a lot of ways. And I, he just seems like a kind of guy, um, that is a disruptor. He can play inside. He can play outside. Um, he's somebody that I think is just an exceedingly talented athlete. He's somebody, those long arms, he's disruptive. Um, he takes on guys at the point of attack and just blows up offensive schemes. So, um, you know, can't say enough. We, we haven't seen him play in the NFL. We haven't seen him in pads yet, um, as a Green Bay Packer, uh, but I really like, um, the, 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 the reps and the snaps that this young man has been able to show at Iowa. We like Iowa football players historically. There's a couple colleges that the Packers like. Um, Iowa's one of them. We've had a ton of success drafting young men out of Iowa. They're good guys historically. They're hardworking dudes historically. And they're guys that put it out there on the football field. And, and I'm expecting Lucas Van Ness to, to um, add to that tradition. Um, Wegs, 
there's a lot of other picks though tonight, right? The backers took a ton of other picks over three days. So, I mean, we're going to be talking to Lucas Van Ness, I'm sure, for the next, you know, months, right? And watching every move with him. But there's other dudes out there. So should we keep going? Should we keep moving down um, second round and beyond? Yep, absolutely. So I think with the second round, obviously number 42, again, one of the Jets picks, uh, the Packers took uh, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, the tight end. So um, I, I, a very athletic tight end, projected to be a top five tight end in this draft as a prospect. I, I know there were some Packer fans who were thinking, maybe we go first round with tight end. Uh, with either Meyer or Kincaid, but the Packers got their guy in Musgrave in round two, uh, and held Pat. Um, I think this is, you know, one of those players that, uh, is really exciting in, in terms of how he can stretch the field from the tight end position, especially down the middle, but he uses the sideline as well, uh, can really run routes effectively and could be, uh, truly a mismatch from day one for the Packers from the tight end position, not necessarily someone that I expect to, uh, uh, in his first year, uh, be uh, getting as many opportunities as a run blocker. Uh, but as a pass catcher, that, that's what they got this guy for. He's got the height. He's got the frame to, to definitely add, uh, I think, uh, to his frame a bit as well and f- continue to fill out as he gets into an NFL, uh, weight and strength and training, uh, regimen. So, um, I, I'm really excited about this guy, Dane. What, what were your thoughts on Luke Musgrave? I know there were a couple of concerns with his injury history, but just purely from a athletic and a uh, potential standpoint, it's it's no surprise why he was so high on the draft board. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the injury history was something that a lot of folks kept an eye on um, with Luke Musgrave, and that certainly is something. Um, that, that will, you know, we'll be tracking, but at the end of the day, man, he's just a really good football player, right? He's, he's one of those guys. Um, he, he's so athletic and I've, I've seen the, the, stop me if you've heard this before, but the Packers like freak athletes. Um, Goody seems to love going after guys that just do a lot of stuff. And, and what I like about him and what was asked of him, um, at Oregon State is, um, he played a lot of inline. He was a guy that was asked to block. He's a guy that was used to playing at the line of scrimmage a fair amount. And we look at the Packers uh, tight end room before drafting Luke Musgrave. And really the only traditional guy that has ever had NFL reps of that role is Tyler Davis. And you and I both love Tyler. Um, but the reality is that they needed to get better, um, you know, across the board at the, in the tight end room and, and add some depth. And um, I think that I mean, Musgrave is an instant uh, addition. Uh, for the Packers to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, his season ended with injury, um, in, in 2022, but, uh, his, his physical comparison, I mean, his size, he, he's just a huge guy. He's similar size. I'm not saying he's this guy. Let me be clear, but his, he's very similar size wise to the Travis Kelsey's of the world. He moves a certain way with his athleticism. So, um, I thought this was a really slam dunk selection by the Packers. I know there are other tight ends out there that were drafted before him, um, that, that people thought maybe, you know, Kincaid, um, or Mayer from, from Notre Dame. You know, there are a couple other tight ends that were drafted prior. Um, but I'll tell you what, I think with what the Packers like to do and how important the tight end position is, um, Musgrave is a sneaky selection, dare I say, even though he was in the top hundred picks because he's fast. 
He's elusive. He catches the ball really well. He's a natural athlete. And at tight end, when you're looking for a guy to make the transition to the next level, tight end's probably the hardest uh, position outside of quarterback to transition from, from college to the NFL. But Musgrave has the talent, the blocking ability, the natural ability to get there and get there in a hurry. I have faith in this Packers coaching staff that they're going to make sure that he's on an expedited uh, um, role to be starting tight end in this league. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dane, next pick, uh, another second round pick for the Packers. And I'll tell you what, I love the Luke Van Ness pick, but I am just over the moon for Jaden Reed, a uh, wide receiver from uh, Michigan State. This guy is, I think, has the ability to really be a star, and not only for the Packers, but in this league. Um, and I, I don't say that lightly, but when you watch this guy play, he makes all of the catches, um, just amazing body control with the ball in the air. Uh, he's able to adjust to the ball in the air. He can, he can catch going to the ground. He can, he can catch over the shoulder. Um, you know, he can beat, beat guys deep, uh, sub four, four forty speed. Um, it, you know, it, he's just a, a phenomenal football player. Uh, Faster on the field. You talk about football speed. He's fast. He is truly fast, but he also can run away from guys on the football field and he's just very smooth. Um, great hands as well. Uh, so, and on top of that, he's, uh, got return ability. So, uh, Dane, I, I think this is a really exciting pick and, um, it's, it's, I thought this was a great draft for the Packers overall. Uh, but this is definitely my favorite pick of, of the entire Packers draft and Jaden Reed, but, um, you know, what were, what were, what were your, some of your thoughts when, when you look at Jaden and, and what he could potentially mean for the Packers offense? Yeah, I, I was, um, surprised and I don't mean this in a negative way, uh, a little bit by this selection. Um, and, and, and again, not negatively, cause I agree with you, Wags. He's a playmaker and we need playmakers. Um, the reason I was a little surprised is just, Truly based on comp, on how this Packers have drafted wide receivers over the last few years, they tend to like bigger bodied wide receivers. And, and I looked at Reed and he, he's, um, I don't want to say slight, but he's definitely not the size, right? That we're used to, um, out of some of the Green Bay Packer wide receivers over the last couple of years. And I, you know, I think of the Alan Lazards of the world. I mean, Lazards, a former tight end for, for goodness sake, right? But even some of the other guys that we've drafted are a little bit larger. Jaden Reed's not that. Um, but, but what he is, is he's a freak athlete. Um, he's a guy who is, um, he's, I think he's born to play the slot in the NFL. He, he's going to be one of those guys that has the ability to do that. He, like you said it, like, he catches everything. The, he was clocked at a 4-4-5 by some. The Packers clocked him at 4-3-7. So dude can fly. And all of a sudden, the Green Bay Packers have a young, extremely athletic and fast wide receiver group, um, coming up. Um, I mean, when you think of Christian Watson, you think of Romeo Dobbs, and, and now you think of Jaden Reed. Um, and you add, you know, Torre and some of the other young men, uh, that we drafted and Jeff Cotton Jr. and Bo Melton. I mean, these guys can fly. 
All of those guys are very, very fast wide receivers. And that's what I think really stood out to me for Jaden Reed is you can teach a lot of things. You can't teach pure speed. And this is an explosive bunch. The, you know, the day one was the Packers were building towards the future on their defense. We have first round picks across every level on the defensive side of the ball. Day two, Wags, and, and folks out there was the Packers writing their love letter to Jordan Love and saying, here you go, dude, we're going to get you a ton of weapons. We're going to get you explosive players. They're going to help you out day in and day out. And not only that, but a bunch of dudes that he's going to be able to grow with, not only in 2023, but beyond. This is a Packers team that I think is looking to be competitive in 2023, but looking to light the league on fire in 2024 after giving these guys some reps in the league. So I really agree with you. This Jaden Reed selection was awesome because he slides in on the slot. You've got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs outside. Some of these other young guys are going to come up. And all of a sudden, this is a Packers team that could be cooking with some young talent. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the thing about his size is, yes, he's a little smaller, no doubt about it, but uh, he's so elusive. And, you know, he's one of those guys that even going over the middle, it doesn't look like he's taking any shots uh, on film. And, you know, so he's a smart enough football player and he makes guys miss, you know, uh, especially when he can get squared up uh, with the football. So I'm not as concerned about that with some other guys that maybe are a little bit smaller and don't have quite that breakability and, and that level of elusiveness. But uh, certainly I, I think he has an opportunity with this young wide receiver group to come uh, come in and, and potentially make an immediate impact. So uh, Dane, I, I'll let you intro the next guy since uh, I've been taking the lead. Um, you know, uh, the next pick is in the third round and the Packers just humming right along. It was actually the first of the Packers own technically draft picks because they did trade down in the second round and, and the first second round pick was from the Jets. So this was the first first pick uh, of the Packers uh, that they technically owned on their own in the third round. So I'll let you kind of take the lead on your thoughts on, on Tucker Craft. Wags Tucker Craft. Um, you mentioned Jaden Reed's your favorite selection. Um, no fault in you there. Awesome selection. But I got to tell you, Tucker Craft is my dude from this draft. I adore this selection. I love um, what, everything about what we're seeing out of Tucker Craft. I'm going to tell you, folks, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Tucker Craft, okay? This is a guy um, that went to, uh, to South Dakota State University, right? So not a big school guy at all. Um, but here's the deal. He got all this NIL, you know, this college NIL funding, all this, all this, uh, um, opportunity from Alabama, huge schools. They were, they were offering, throwing money at this guy. He wanted to stay at South Dakota State with his boys, with his brothers. He wanted to stay at the school that believed in him early on. So instantly you like the character of this guy, right? He's a guy that wants to go out and ball and ball well. Now let's talk about what the dude does on the field. Um, he blocks well. He also catches the ball extremely well. I mean, he, he was a two time All American. Um, and he's a guy who's just extremely nasty blocker. He lays the wood. He throws down. He gets low. His pad, his pad level's phenomenal. He uh, wags. He's a guy that loves to finish blocks. You know, sometimes you watch guys out there and you go, Oh, this guy likes to play football. This guy likes to play football. He's a football player. He plays in cold weather. He's a Wisconsin guy. He's the kind of guy that's going to roll into Lambeau Field in a cowboy hat. 
We like to have guys like this in Green Bay. We like to have these guys, uh, um, you know, uh, on the Packers. And I'll tell you what, I think that he's going just, just like Musgrave, who has ability to play in line or in other places around the field. I also think, uh, that Kraft has that ability. Um, he's somebody that can play, uh, certainly in line, but legs. I think he can play in the slot. Um, he can play even spread out. In certain situations, I could see him being a bit of an H back in the backfield as needed. He's a big dude. He's 250 pounds, six foot five. Um, but he's athletic enough that I think he's going to do whatever the Packers ask of him, whether it's the Y type, um, position or, or otherwise. So anyway, love what we're going to see out of Tucker Craft and, um, you know, just, just looking ahead, now we have two really young tight ends uh, that I think can go out in the huddle and really, they're not, the Packers aren't tipping their hand snap to snap when they're out in the huddle. Uh, you're not going to necessarily know how they're going to line up um, because I think that they've got both of these two young guys that are going to learn off of each other, compete with each other, and they're going to go out there and they're going to be unpredictable for this Packers offense. It's an awesome, awesome selection, a quality draft selection, I thought, in the third round for the Packers. Yeah, uh, the Packers ended up with uh, kind of two of the consensus top five tight ends in this draft. So that's hard to argue with on the surface. I I got to tell you, Dane, this has nothing to do with Luke Musgrave or uh, Tucker Kraft, but I'm not a huge fan of the double-up strategy in general in drafts uh, with taking guys from the same position group uh, in the first three rounds. Uh, with a, a couple of draft picks. Uh, the Packers have done it at times over the years, especially at, at cornerback. Uh, it seems like they've done that. And, you know, I, I get both sides of it because it, it increases the likelihood since the draft is such a crapshoot anyway. It, it does increase the likelihood that hopefully one of the guys that you selected is going to, you know, work out and be someone that can be uh, part of your long-term solution. Uh, but, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it's interesting to me. I, I know there's no real evidence to this, but it also seems like, um, one or two of the guys don't work out when you use that strategy. And, and maybe I'm just looking at it through Packers history, uh, and that lens as, as far as when that's happened. But, um, I hope both these guys work out. I think the other challenge here is we clearly needed to improve the tight end room. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. We've got so much inexperience, and tight end is not a position that's easy to come in right away and have an impact. You've got to learn all of the blocking scheme. You've got to learn all of the pass uh, route schemes. Uh, there's just a lot of responsibility for both of these guys. So I'm hoping that they can find a way to align to the strengths that they have and, and not try to put too much on these guys' plates so that they are able to come in and, and give you some of what the Packers will need. Um, and I, I think that's uh, uh, something for Jordan Love to have as a, a big target over the middle, stretch the defense a little bit. Um, but uh, they might need to add a little bit of help or rely on some of the veterans that they, they have there uh, who aren't really like five-year veterans, right? We, we, we like DeGar and we like Tyler Davis, but um, those guys are pretty early in their career as well. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this group works out, but I'll be very anxious watching some of the reports coming out of camp with rookie orientation this weekend and with the OTAs to hear how these guys are progressing and how they look in their first action on the field. So, Wags, 
after the Packers do this double dip, right, and they go they go offensive here for a little bit, they head back in the fourth round and pick 116, and they go defense. And they went to another position where I felt like I think that we're, we're getting settled. It's going to be a young defensive front with Kenny. I mean, Kenny Clark is exceedingly experienced, but outside of that, TJ Slayton, a guy, you know, that we, we love since he's been drafted. I thought he flashed like crazy last year. And then, uh, uh, Devontae Wyatt, man, came on hot at the end of the year, first round pick last year. Um, but you know what? We went ahead in the fourth round and we, we went and got Colby Wooden and Colby Wooden's a guy, folks, three year starter at Auburn. Did a little bit of everything. I mean, he's a dude that that uh, if if I um, had been watching him, I mean, he looked like he lined up off the edge at certain times. It looked like he'd done a little bit of everything. But I think primarily in Green Bay, um, they're going to ask this dude to play um, uh, along the defensive line. Um, and the Packers traditionally have been playing kind of this uh, two down lineman um, uh, position, but sometimes three down lineman. I expect to see. Um, wouldn't get out there, get his hand in the dirt, and and, and play more traditional steps uh, along as kind of p potentially a three technique for the Packers. Um, and he's a guy that is really, really good at playing gaps. He's a guy that can be really disruptive, uses his hands well on the inside. I think that's some of his his, his great strength is he's so fast off the snap, and he uses a lot of power in his game. So um, really nice selection, I thought, again, for the Packers. And I'm not just saying that because we're Packer podcasters. I really liked this selection. Um, so uh, Kobe Wooden, um, you know, fourth-round selection, I thought was a really good value pick at that round. I thought he could have been a third-rounder. Packers being able to swoop in, get him in the fourth round. He's going to play meaningful snaps for the Packers this year. That's the reality of this league. Packers play more than three down linemen often. That fourth guy, Colby Wooden, he's going to be that guy, I think, unless they add a veteran talent. Even if they do, he's going to get every opportunity to get snaps. Yeah, um, and as strong as Devontae Wyatt came on at the end of the year, he didn't get all that many snaps over the course of the season, especially for a first-round pick. So we're hoping that that can be a springboard for him. But to your point, this was a position of need. A young group, even with Kenny Clark, as much as a veteran as he is, He's a young player still. So this is a, a very young, a potentially very talented young defensive front. Um, Colby Wooden, uh, got 30 tackles for a loss and 15 sacks uh, in, from the interior in the last three seasons, uh, at Auburn. So very disruptive. I think he did fall a little bit reportedly, um, just a little bit undersized in terms of his weight. Uh, so that might be something that the Packers are going to be working with him on just to, to see if he can add a little bit more weight to his frame. He's an athletic guy, though, very, very quick lateral side to side. And, and that's evidence on tape and, and by his ability to be disruptive in making plays behind the line of scrimmage. So I, I was really excited by this pick as well. Um, I think one other thing just to note, it's not uh, the Packers. Uh, we talked about Lucas Van Ness. Um, I expect him to play on the inside a little bit too, uh, at times, uh, because he may not get as many reps on the edge, but I think there, he, he lined up inside at Iowa quite a bit, especially in pass down situations. So, um, so I, I, you know, we might get some interchangeability. As you said, Colby Wooden was a guy that lined up outside at times. So I, I think that really poses well for the Packers, uh, enables them 
potentially move guys around a little bit. Maybe move Kenny Clark around a little bit more as we started to see towards the end of last season. So um, not only getting some young talent with some some speed and some ability to get that pressure up the middle, both in the rushing and pass game uh, from uh, both of the those guys, but um, I, I think that gives some inter- interchangeability, some stunts. Uh, we're going to be able to uh, have a little bit more maneuverability with the guys from both those position groups, uh, especially once Rashawn Gary comes back healthy. So a uh, really nice selection for sure, Dane. And uh, I, I thought that the Packers did well to add to the defensive line at, at this point in the draft. Wags, and uh, upside is if, if uh, Colby uh, wouldn't needs to add weight. We got plenty of cheese curds. We got beer here in Wisconsin. We can help the young man out as needed. Um, so looking down the list um, uh, a little bit further here, fifth round, the Packers, I think, was probably for the first time surprised a fair number of fans. Um, because, and I say surprised because in the first round, a lot of fans wanted a wide receiver. We were cool. We certainly loved the Lucas Van Ness pick, but I'm not sure how surprised fans were there. Um, I think a fair number were more surprised with the Sean Clifford um, draft um, selection, quarterback from Penn State in the fifth round, selection 149. Now, here's why I wasn't as surprised maybe as some other people were. Um, every team gets 30 um, visits before the draft. And the Packers had Sean Clifford fly out to Green Bay and meet with the organization. Under duty the last couple of years, it seems like when those flyouts happen, um, sometimes those guys end up landing, right? They can sell themselves to the team in a lot of ways. And I think that that's what Sean did. He's one of those quarterbacks, um, played a ton of ball. Um, and I think that he's, he's got a just, he's gritty. He's a gritty quarterback. Um, that he's a four year captain for the, for, for Penn State. Um, and he's somebody that I think is really, um, has a high football IQ. He's a high intelligence, uh, quarterback. And he's somebody that I think the Packers probably view as somebody that can, um, help in the film study, help with Jordan Love, um, maybe mold and help, you know, um, feed off of Jordan a little bit. Here's a fun fact that I read. Um, it sounds like Sean Clifford is actually a hundred days older. Than Jordan Love, so um, even though he's uh, uh, um, you know younger to the league, he is older um, than Jordan. So you know he's played a lot of football, understands the game well. I have a feeling that the Packers coaching staff just took to him um, more from the mental and the the, the leadership approach um, than maybe some of his football acumen. That's not to say you can't throw the football, um, but I'll be curious to see if the Packers had a veteran uh, at the quarterback role still, and, and maybe. Um, um, Sean is more of a uh, third quarterback, even potentially a practice squad guy. I feel like once you get into the fifth round, there's no guarantees anymore of roster spots. A lot of guys are going to be battling anyways. But I think the Packers liked enough of what they saw in him. Um, there was a big run on quarterbacks before that the Packers decided, you know what? Let's go get Sean Clifford. Let's bring him in. We love the interview. We've seen enough tape that we think that he can do a lot of things well. We think he'd be good in our quarterback room. Let's go get him. I think that's the mindset the Packers had with Sean. And um, you know what? Um, I, I I can't fault the Packers for that. If this is a quarterback that they thought could make Jordan better, um, then I say, by all means, take the guy and, you know, welcome to Green Bay. But I wouldn't be surprised still that the Packers don't add a veteran presence as well. So they have a quarterback room of Jordan, Sean, and, you know, veteran quarterback X. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I, 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 this has nothing to do with Sean Clifford, the player. I, I didn't love this pick for the Packers, just with their current situation and with Jordan Love coming into his first year as a starter. Uh, I, I just didn't know that that's, this made the most sense. I'm not going to bang on the Packers front office too heavily. Like you said, we're in the fifth round at this point with this selection. It just felt a little bit like they fell in love with this guy and they didn't have anyone else on the board that really popped out to them. Um, so should have they traded down and, and accumulated more assets? Maybe, but the Packers had so many picks anyway that, um, I don't know how much sense that made for them at this point. So they just took the guy that they wanted. Um, so I can't really fault them for that. Um, so, uh, hopefully he's someone that can come in and, and be competitive in the quarterback room and, and, and develop, uh, under, under the tutelage, uh, of this, uh, Packers, uh, uh, offensive coaching staff. So then, then moving ahead then into the sixth round, uh, Packers, uh, took another receiver. Um, or I'm sorry, still, uh, still in round five. Um, their second fifth round pick, uh, from Virginia, Dontavian Wicks. Um, Big play player, uh, had kind of a, a little bit of a, a down senior season, uh, which was, uh, may have contributed to him dropping, uh, down into the day three area, uh, but, uh, just had a phenomenal junior year, over 1200 yards rece- receiving. Big guy, 6'1, uh, over 205 pounds. So, um, got, got really nice speed, um, uh, nice hands. So I, I think. You know, once we get into this area of the draft, like you said, nothing's guaranteed as far as a roster spot. But um, I, I'm I, I'm really excited. The Packers have had some success uh, drafting wide receiver around this position in the draft over the years, um, and uh, I think he he's someone that you know uh, could go either way. But I, I clearly has a lot of potential, and uh, so I, I like what the Packers did here with Dontavian Wicks as well, um, and to get more. Guys, into this wide receiver room, very, very young wide receiver core. I think this is as young as a wide receiver group as I can remember. And I know Coach LaFleur said a couple weeks ago that they would like to go out and still sign a veteran. Uh, we'll see if that's something the Packers uh, decide to, to spend uh, uh, money on doing. I, I don't know who's really out there that they would uh, uh, be in love with at this point. But um, there's going to be a lot of competition. So I'm excited. Uh, by having Dontavian as part of the mix here because um, he's someone that could come in as a later round pick and really, I think, surprise a lot of people uh, if he uh, does all the right things, puts puts in the work, and is able to uh, connect uh, on the field with his route running running, and, and with his size. Um, he's someone that I think could be right in the mix as things move forward as well. Great insight, Wags. Great insight. And I'll just add, he's a bigger body wide receiver. You're right. I mean, he was – Wicks was uh, in the mix for a um, you know second third round. I saw after last year, um, then this down year. But I, you said I think the sky's the limit with this young guy, and with the Packers really not having a lot of guaranteed spots after the top three wideouts, um, there's going to be a ton of competition on the back end. What better role? What better place um, for for um, for Dontavian to come than Green Bay um, and go compete? And I think that he could be really good. Um, so we keep moving on. We go now to the sixth round officially and uh, defensive line and the Packers go um, to uh, young man Carl Brooks, um, big Carl. Um, you know, he's a guy that um, another guy. So are, are we catching a theme yet, folks? Defensive lineman, but also maybe played a little bit of edge, um, could kind of do a little bit of everything. 
Um, another guy that I think the Packers are really going to want to see focus more on the interior. Um, and, and he played a bowling green, so not necessarily the largest school out there, but sometimes dudes that just ball, ball, right? He played for five seasons at bowling green. Another one of those guys that just loves the game. I think he can line up across the board, um, on the defensive line. And, you know, for a guy his size, and he'll probably add another, I don't know, 15, 20 pounds in the NFL. Um, based on kind of what I think the Packers are projecting him and where they expect him to be. Um, he has played with, with extreme, um, dare I say he's kind of floaty. He's very light on his feet, um, from all the tape that I've watched on him. I'm not going to lie, folks. I have not watched a ton of Bowling Green football live. Uh, but when you draft a guy like Carl Brooks, you got to go on YouTube. You got to check out every snap you can. And I really like, um, how nasty he plays with. He's a guy who can dominate Wags. He's a guy that has dominated guys across from him. Think about Kenny Clark over that Minnesota Viking Center, Bradbury, that kind of domination. That's what we've seen from Carl Brooks, oh, especially over the last, I would say, two, two and a half seasons. Carl Brooks is really, really good. Um, so, so really excited to see him come in and battle for a roster spot. The Packers have carried five to six defensive linemen over the last couple of seasons. They carry a couple more on the practice squad historically. Um, I expect Carl Brooks to come in. I expect him to compete. And I expect him to potentially earn a roster spot on the 53 or show enough that he's going to stick around in Green Bay. So keep an eye on Carl. Not sure what number he's going to be yet. He was 44 in college. But you just got to love a guy who can play across the board like Carl Brooks did. So keep an eye on him. But nice selection at another position where they needed a selection. Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Nice pick by Goody. Yep. Um, and the next pick in the sixth round was a kicker. So uh, is this the end of the Mason Crosby area officially? I don't know that we know that for sure. Um, but clearly they're going to have Anders Carlson out of uh, Auburn and Parker White uh, as the, the two kickers, it, probably for most of the offseason program. And uh, we'll see how that competition goes. But kicker in the sixth round. Uh, now, there's some questions with this pick. Uh, Anders Carlson, of course, is the brother, a younger brother of uh, Raiders all-pro kicker Daniel Carlson and very well acquainted with special teams coordinator Rich Basaccia. So this was a pick that had Rich Basaccia's fingerprints all over it. Um, I, you know, uh, so we'll, it's a little bit of a wait and see though for me. You're taking a guy in the sixth round that missed time as a kicker due to injury in each of the last two seasons. Um, was a little bit inconsistent. He was, uh, pretty solid from 35 yards in, uh, but wasn't the most accurate kicker. He's got a good leg. Um, the Packers really believe that his best is ahead of him. But I don't know. This was kind of one of those that uh, we'll see. Um, I, I was surprised that this was a guy that they felt they needed to draft in the sixth round. I was surprised that this was the kicker they felt like they needed to draft. Uh, but uh, apparently relationships matter, Dane, uh, even in the NFL draft, because um, clearly that was what drove this selection. So, um, I think Rich Basaccia, look, I had some questions on his influence on some of the personnel decisions the Packers had, uh, last offseason, but most of those seem to work out pretty well. So, um, I, it's going to be hard for me to question Coach Basaccia at this point until, uh, proven otherwise. But, uh, this one had me scratching my head a little bit, uh, cause I, I wasn't sure that this was a, a move that 
really made sense on paper. Uh, but, you know, especially, you know, a guy coming from Auburn and having to, inconsistency from long range. And now he's going to have to come up to Lambeau and, and kick and potentially cold weather. Um, that's, that's a big adjustment. So, um, so we'll see, but, um, I, I'm going to, I guess just put this one on the Wags isn't terribly excited, but we'll be happy to be proven wrong list. Yeah. I mean, we, we hope that dudes drill in kicks, but I'll tell you what, um, I think Parker White, who's on the roster, um, leading into this and we're, we're going to be talking way more talk outside of the draft, but keep an eye on him. Um, he's a guy I think in the first couple of weeks here of, of practice and camp that they've had so far. Um, he's been hitting a lot of kicks. So, um, I agree, Wags. It's kind of a head scratcher. Um, and, and no disrespect to the young man, right? There's nothing wrong with, with that. I mean, and I expect the backers to go into camp and compete, um, like crazy, right? They're, the backers want to have competition across the board. Uh, they brought in competition for Jack Coco at long snap or two. Like we're going to, and they've been working out punters, I've heard as well. So, um, clearly there's going to be competition. Um, across the board of the special teams role. That's what the Packers are looking to do. And I think that um, sometimes that pressure and that competition can breed success, right? So we're going to be the best man win. But I will say, um, you know, keep an eye on Parker White as well. I think that, you know, very good football player already. Uh, but let's watch them. He and Anders are going to compete and the best man's going to win. And we're going to cheer like hell for whichever guy makes it across, obviously. Um, yep. Wags, we, we went to the seventh round then. All of a sudden, we're flying, folks. Um, cornerback Carrington Valentine from Kentucky um, comes in. Love this and, pick. Uh, yep. You, I'll, I'll, do you want to take this? I want to hear your take on on Carrington, Wags, uh, if you don't mind giving. I it mean, to me. sure. I mean, for a seventh round corner, uh, I, I just love his his play style. He's aggressive. Uh, he gets around the ball. You know, he he's breaking up passes. He's got length. Um, so I, I think he's someone that. I think just pairs really well. We've got a deep cornerback room, so we don't need him to come in and, and play right away, but I think he'll add some nice competition. I think he can be a guy that you can utilize on special teams potentially to add to what we've already got uh, there uh, coming off last season's the improvements and the coverage units. Um, and so, I, you know, he's someone that just keep your eye on. I, I mean, he's a little bit undersized, but – you know, the Packers might need some help in that slot corner position. And I'm not going to put too much pressure on him as a rookie coming in, drafted in the seventh round to contribute, because I don't think that's probably very realistic. But maybe someone that um, can make a name for himself in camp, stick on this roster, and potentially down the road uh, projects into having that type of skill set and to be an in-line corner. Um, and so. I thought it was a worthy selection based on the depth that we have and guys outside Eric Stokes' status, notwithstanding, um, that, uh, this for a guy in the seventh round, uh, I think he was probably, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a hidden gem. And so I, I'm excited by this selection too. Uh, as excited as you can really get about seventh round guys. So, uh, you know, certainly we'll wait and see, but I think Carrington is someone definitely keep an, an eye on as well as we move forward. Oh, that's great. No, it's great insight. I mean, and he instantly gets thrown into the mix with, um, you know, um, Shamar, uh, G. Charles, 
and and with Corey Ballantyne and some of those guys uh, that have been on the roster the last couple of years. And again, um, potentially David Henderson in our chat asked, is this more of a special teams pickup? I mean, potentially, but also a guy who I think is is kind of filthy, can uh, you know break down. We watched him, um, you know, um, jump routes. He he he's just that guy, right? So it can be fun to watch him play, play some good ball at Kentucky. And and if anytime you're a a corner or a receiver, you know, whatever that type of position, drafted in the seventh round, you've got to play special teams if you're going to make the 53 man roster. So was it purely a special teams pick? No, I don't think so. Um, I think this is this is a guy that they're going to try to you know develop uh, potentially to play corner. So um, my projection isn't a first year projection. Um, but I don't want to hold anything back from the guy as well. So um, I, I'm excited by the the selection, and I think he's a name to watch out for in camp. Wags, next up, the Packers took a running back. Um, they, they they took a little bit later here this year. I wasn't sure if the Packers would go that route or not. Um, obviously, um, Aaron Jones returning this year, A.J. Dillon, um, our, our new Patrick Taylor, um, Tyler Goodson, right? But now we've got, um, Lou Nichols, the third from Central Michigan comes in as well. Um, already call, I'm already calling him Sweet Lou on social media. I hope he doesn't mind, but he's Sweet Lou to us and, um, excited about this selection. And I'll tell you why. He's a big back. Um, he's a bruising back. He's a guy that was the guy up there at Central Michigan, um, major ball carrier. I think that the, the question marks that we, that, that scouts have, with Sweet Lou is, um, you know, his, his, um, availability and passing work. Um, how much did he do that in college? Um, what's his pass protection going to be like? Because we know it. Packer fans know it. College ball in the NFL, um, very different, uh, oftentimes in the sense that, um, sometimes the best thing that you can do is do blitz pickup and pass protection well. Patrick Taylor, the last couple of years for the Packers, has been absolutely phenomenal in pass protection. But I'm going to put it out there right now. I think that the Packers carry four running backs. Um, that's my initial roster projection going into this year. Um, and and I, I'm going to tell you that because I think that um, I think the two locks, of course, are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, and I, I can't believe I'm already doing roster projections, but I'm going to because I think that Patrick Taylor is a really strong overall running back does everything well um, in this offense. But I think Lou Nichols, uh, look out for sweet Lou. He's just one of those backs that um, finds a way, moves a pile, good between the tackles. So really nice selection later on in the draft for the Packers to go get Lou. And I think the reason the Packers went and got him at this point um, is they, they um, were they concerned that he'd get drafted? Of course, there's always going to be that risk. But I think they're also worried that he could hit free agency as an undrafted free agent. And, you know, then all bets are off because I think he would have been a really um, sought-after commodity from a number of teams in the league looking to add to their running back room. So the Packers used that seventh-round pick, were able to, um, you know, earn the rights to Lou Nichols the third. He's going to come into camp and compete. And I think Packer fans are going to love to watch him once the pads get on, because he loves to be a physical runner. Yep, for sure. So then moving into uh, the the second pick of the DB room, and this was a safety, uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. from Iowa State. And uh, Dane, uh, just a, a pure football player. He's a five-year starter uh, at Iowa State, started four years at corner, moved to safety his senior season. He's played all over the defense. Uh, he's played outside. He's played inside. He's played deep. Uh, you know, he's played in the box. 
Um, you know, the dude is just a football player. I can't reiterate that enough. Um, it's a little bit undersized. Um, you know, his, his, his 40 yard speed is probably a little on the slower end. So that's why you're looking at a guy in the seventh round, but he's got great short yardage bursts and that, uh, 10 to 15 yard, uh, range. And, uh, the guy likes to hit. Um, he's going to go out there and make, make plays in a scouting report. Uh, one of the things that popped out to me is said, Football seems to find him more than he finds football. Um, and, and sometimes there's just something about guys like that. Uh, so, um, you know, certainly again, we're talking about someone in the seventh round, but uh, I think at this point, you just look for high character guys that love to play football. And I think that's exactly what the Packers got with Anthony Johnson Jr. in the seventh round. I, I certainly, um, this is a safety group that maybe has some question marks in some ways. Uh, but I think the Packers, just added another quality player to that room. And this is going to be a huge competition and we'll see uh, who steps up from, from the group that they have uh, certainly could go out and, and still potentially resign Adrian Amos is sort of the scuttle, but, but I like Anthony Johnson jr. As a football player and uh, for getting a guy like that in the seventh round, I don't think you can go around there. Wags was this maybe the sneakiest like high upside selection in the draft for the Packers because you said it he played corner speed might not quite be there for cornerback at the NFL level but he's still scratching the surface I think playing this position of safety um, at the next level he does like to hit he's a good football player he's kind of a ball hawk to a certain degree but he's going to be a guy that knows where to go could he sneaky sneakily earn snaps instantly for this Packers team, potentially on defense. Um, just stay tuned. I'm not, I'm not promising anything, but I think he could be sneakier than people realize. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, look, um, this is why these picks matter. You, you can't just discount them because, oh, he was a seventh round pick. Packers have lots of undrafted guys that have been on the roster over the last few years. They don't really care about who was drafted where, whether they were drafted. They just want football players. And sometimes that's more important than anything else. Who's going to come in, watch film, you know, be in the weight room, um, you know, do all of the drills, really integrate themselves uh, to understanding and be a student of the game, first of all. And I think that's, that's what they're getting with a guy like this. I think that's what they're getting with a guy like, like Carrington. Um, you know, those are the types of players that you look for deep in the draft that, you know, um, maybe they have some things from a, a speed or athletic standpoint or injury history or whatever that might have been valid reasons for them sliding down, uh, in draft position or going undrafted potentially. Uh, but, um, you know, there's a difference when you've got that heart and you really want to uh, make it happen to whatever extent you have to, uh, to have a career at the next level. Cause we've, we've seen how many guys have we seen come in first, second, third round picks that flame out in, in, in a year or two, uh, because they have all the talent in the world, but maybe they just don't really have, uh, their, their heart in it to, to continue to play football at the next level. So, um, so anyway, I, 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 that just, I'll get off my soapbox, but I agree with you completely, Dan. This is, this could be another one of those hidden gems and Packers seem to do it every year. So it's easy to get excited about some of these guys when they do. So finally, um, this year's draft, the Packers went back one more time. 
uh, to the wide receiver group, Wags. Um, and I want to, I, I, forgive us, Grant. We're going to have to ask you. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your last name right, but it's wide receiver. I, I'm going to go for it. Grant, Grant Dubose, Dubose, Dubois. Grant Dubose is what I'm going to say. And, uh, we're, we're going to find out. So we never mispronounce it again, but Grant Dubose, wide receiver. Um, another guy who, um, I, I like, you know, I, I watch as much tape as I could find on him. And he's a guy who's a senior bowl wide receiver. And that's something that the Packers seem to really covet. Um, he played for a couple of years, uh, I should say started for a couple of years, um, uh, at, at Charlotte. And, you know, he's kind of got that big wide receiver body. Um, here's what I like about him. He's wearing number 86. He kind of plays like Antonio Freeman. And folks that are old enough to remember Antonio Freeman, um, my, Wags of my age and perhaps, you know, older and slightly younger, uh, Antonio Freeman was a phenomenal wide receiver for the Packers during the Super Bowl, uh, 96 Super Bowl era. And, um, and, and Grant reminds me of that. Um, he plays with the same kind of route running ability, um, at, at the college level and he catches the ball extremely smoothly. So I'm looking forward to see what Grant can do at the next level. Um, again, this is a really, really competitive wide receiver room. Um, going in right now, um, after the three or four receivers here, Packers may still add a veteran wide out, but you know, all bets are off at this point, right? Wags, we're going to see guys compete. Let's see what Grant can do, but I'm excited to see what he can do after a really productive year or a couple seasons in college. I'll tell you what, if we're playing Madden 2032 and you're, 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 destroying me with with grant after you know he's winding down his career and doesn't have quite the speed anymore like you used to do with antonio freeman back in the day um i i think that'll be a pretty good career uh for, for ground so um if he could be anything close to what antonio freeman did for the packers uh a packer hall of famer so uh that that would be a, a pretty big jump but um uh, yeah another guy that packers were able to snag here in the seventh round and um, so very, very young wide receiver group. So I think, uh, there's going to be lots of opportunities, even, you know, a, a guy like Toure that we both really like. I don't think anything's guaranteed to him if any of these other guys come in and outproduce him. I, do I expect him to be on the roster this year? Absolutely. But, um, but this is going to be an open competition. I think, uh, once you get past Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, uh, as far as, uh, really being able to make the leap into not only making the roster, but who's going to have opportunities to contribute right away um, as the Packers move forward into camp as well. So, Dane, I want to set you up with a question. Yeah. Overall, what are your thoughts on this draft? You have, I think you mentioned who, you. I think we both named a favorite player, but um, I know it's really early to, to be able to get grades, so I'm not going to ask you for an overall grade, but uh, just overall thoughts on, on what the Packers did with this draft and uh, coming out of it. What uh, do you what What do you think the Packers stand when you look at the roster construction? Um, you know, they address some needs, but uh, do you feel like they're in a really good position, or there's still some question marks in certain areas on this roster that that you feel the Packers have coming out of this draft as well? 
Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and in our live chat on, um, on, uh, our stream on Facebook, um, I can see quite a few people are talking about Adrian Amos and, you know, is Adrian Amos potentially still coming back? So, um, you know, I'm going to answer maybe, maybe the easiest way for me to do this is just to say, you know, position by position, very, very quickly mentioned potential for another veteran quarterback, but that would have happened regardless of who they draft, right? A quarterback is, are they going to bring a, a veteran quarterback in running back set, um, wide receiver, could they bring in a veteran? Still, maybe. It's such a young room that maybe they bring in somebody. I'm not even sure who's out there um, currently, but a Randall Cobb pipe, right? A guy who's just a pro's pro that can play some wide receiver. Tight end, um, all of a sudden, it's it's a much deeper room than it was. Um, I think that they have two guys that have already been on the roster, two more guys that they just brought in, a couple other young guys that are compete. But could the Packers still bring in, you know, perhaps a Mercedes Lewis back in for one more year if Mercedes wanted to come back? Absolutely. Offensive line, for the first time in years, the Packers did not go uh, with offensive line. And that's because they drafted so well the last few years. And they've gone two, three guys each draft the last couple of years. So no offensive linemen. Wags, they go defensive line a couple times in this draft, which I thought was really, really um, well done. Um, on the timing of it and also the guys, the particular players that they were able to bring in um, were really, really strong selections at both times. So I like that. Could they still bring in a veteran? Absolutely. It's the Green Bay Packers. The Packers seem to like to bring in a veteran presence the last couple of years. Defensive line, um, I've noticed in free agency wags, um, it's a, it's a position that sometimes just, you know, there's a lot of guys that have played in the league that you can bring in for a little less expensive than maybe some other positions. So I wouldn't be shocked if they bring in a veteran, at least in camp to try to compete inside linebacker set edge set. Um, so then corner, I think is set. We're not going to be touching anything there for this season. Um, Safety is the big question mark, right? Um, and I mentioned, just mentioned it in our, in our chat. I'm seeing a lot of folks saying that they're concerned about the, the, the starters at safety. You know, what's the depth look like? Um, right now, as it stands, I think it's, um, Darnell Savage and it's Rudy Ford. Those are going to be the starting safety for the Packers. Um, I will say the Packers have a ton of safeties on their roster right now. They have a lot of them. Um, um, between guys that they've signed for agency, guys that they brought in. Um, you know, through the draft, through undrafted free agency. There's a lot of just guys on the roster at safety. Um, I think uh, um, somebody that folks might be sleeping on a little bit was Innes Gaines, who gained um, a fair number of snaps last season. And also could Razul Douglas, once Eric Stokes comes back, could Razul Douglas end up at the safety position still? So there's still some moving parts there. Um, I, I, I actually, I know a lot of folks uh, would love to see Adrian Amos back. I actually slightly lean no on Adrian Amos. And that's because I think that there's other spots that the Packers can use their limited cap money on other than safety. And I think that there could be some real competition. I'm comfortable with Savage and Rudy Ford as our starters at safety with some severe competition behind them. So that's kind of where I'm at in this position. So Wags, when you, uh, to answer your question now, um, I really like what they did. They addressed need. They brought in some really good talented players. Um, are there still a couple spots, uh, you know, to kind of paint the corners on? Yes. But I think that we see uh, a direction of where this team is going. And I thought that the Packers came into this draft with a plan. 
There are some years where I don't feel that was the case. That is certainly not the, the case this year. The Packers had a plan. I think they stuck to their board. They got some really talented players. Now the chips fall where they fall. We rely on the coaching staff and for this team to coalesce and come together. But overall, I really like the draft this year. Yeah, for sure. So I think there's some great thoughts, Dan, as we wrap up here tonight. And so, folks, thanks so much for joining us um, uh, wherever you joined us, whether it was on the IG, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, check us out, uh, Mombardi's Legends on Facebook. Like us, tell a friend. I know every podcaster out there says those cliche things, but really makes a difference. We appreciate you. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are on this draft as well as we close up tonight on social media. We love to interact with you out there. So, um, folks, I am going to go ahead and sign us off here. As always, be legendary and go pack go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.